Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Some of us may know that classic story of the dedicated family man who says to his wife, Honey, please don't ask me anymore whether I love you. I told you that 10 years ago when we got married at our wedding. I provide for you. I give you everything that you want. Last week, I bought you a diamond necklace. Isn't that enough? Well, no. The wife needs to hear that her husband loves her from time to time. And he needs to say it from time to time. Well, at the end of the story, he doesn't say it, and they gradually drift apart. Now, our faith in God is a sacred partnership. You could say with marital overtones. Now, don't make the mistake thinking that God becomes unhappy when we don't pray to him or express our gratitude, our love for God. See, we can't do that. Because then we reduce God to human terms. God's not like that. But we need to always be talking and praying to God for ourselves. We need to pray to God out of gratitude, joy, maybe the struggles in our life, but also our love for God. It's something that we need to say. If we don't, after a while, we drift apart away from God. Now, that's a great segue into all three of the readings for this weekend. They speak to us about faith, which is at the heart of our identity as God's chosen people. Now, also, at the same time, faith is probably the least understood word in our vocabulary. But all three readings for this weekend, they show us what authentic faith looks like. Turn to that first reading. It's the story of Abraham. Now, whenever you hear of Abraham, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's always talking about the great role model of faith. That's why Abraham is referred to as our father of faith. Now, the story begins with Abraham and his family living in Ur, which is present-day Iraq. God calls Abraham to go somewhere where God wants him to be. Now, this is no small request God is making for Abraham. Abraham, it's estimated, is in his late 80s, along with his wife, Sarah. They're living a very comfortable life. They have land, they have animals, everything that they need. And yet, God is telling them to pack up everything and go on an adventure. Now, Abraham could have easily said, what, are you kidding me? But instead, he did exactly what God told him to do. And so that teaches us a powerful lesson about faith and the attitude of trust that comes with faith. Now, does Abraham really know where he's going? No. No, There's no GPS. He doesn't have a compass. Does he really know God's plan for him? Not at all. You know, he's going into a foreign land with foreign customs that he doesn't know and a foreign language that he can't speak. And yet, he trusts with great faith in God. 
Our God is a God that loves adventure. Now, what's important for us? Simply let go. Surrender. Allow God to take you places you never thought you could go, to do things you never thought you could do. See, when you do that, then you're being led by a power that's greater than yourself. You know, it reminds me of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. Paul says, Glory to God, whose power is working in us, and we can do infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. You see this throughout the Bible. God calls people, and how do the people respond? Always with faith. And that's our proper response, because God calls us every day to go on a spiritual journey with him. Now, compare and contrast the figures of the Bible who place their trust in God and those who don't. Great example, Adam and Eve. They don't trust God. In fact, in that very act of grasping for that forbidden fruit, they want to be in control of their lives. And yet, look throughout the Bible. You know, God is always calling people into faith, and they all respond with trust. Well, so too must we. Go back into that first reading for today. It appears halfway through the passage that Abraham's faith is shaken a bit. Abraham, he's suddenly on the verge of entering the promised land. He turns to God and he says, How do I know that I will possess this land? Now that happens to all of us. Moments of doubt in our faith, in which our trust in God wavers a bit. How does God respond? He reaffirms Abraham's faith and establishes a covenant with him. Now it's important to note, in the ancient world, Part of the covenant rite was prescribed the sacrifice of animals. And the animals were placed side by side with each other. And then each party of that covenant would walk between those animals. Symbolically, it was a life-based covenant that they entered into. It was far beyond some meager contract. It was a covenant in which you offered your entire life completely over to that other person. And they did the same to you. That's why God makes this covenant with Abraham. And then he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. Notice also that little detail. It's God that takes the initiative. God wants to make this covenant with Abraham, not the other way around. The story continues. Night falls and Abraham sees this flame of fire pass through the animals. Now, how often does God or is God symbolized as fire? Moses sees God in the form of a burning bush that isn't consumed on top of Mount Sinai. In the gospel, we see Jesus transfigured by that heavenly light. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles in tongues of fire. Well, Abraham, he sees God's presence pass through those animals, ratifying the covenant he's made to them. And therefore, it symbolizes God's fidelity to us, in which God will be our God and we will be his people. Now, turn to the gospel. Here we have the story of the transfiguration. Here again, God is inspiring faith through the apostles. Now, the first clue that something spectacular is about to happen in this story is exactly where Jesus and the apostles are. They're on top of a mountain. It's a basic biblical truth. 
Mountains are a place in, in the Bible in which you encounter God, in which heaven and earth unite. Again, Moses, he encounters God on top of Mount Sinai. Abraham, he establishes this great covenant with God on top of Mount Moriah. Jesus in the Transfiguration is on top of Mount Tabor. Well, as the story continues, it says, While Jesus was praying, his face changed, and his clothing became dazzling white. Well, just like Abraham saw that flame of fire pass between those animals to ratify the covenant, well, now we see that same divine light transfiguring Jesus. The apostles see Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah, symbolic of the law and the prophets, the complete summation of the Old Testament. But take it a step further. Moses and Elijah, during the critical moments of their lives, they listened to the word of God that was spoken to them. And they responded with God's command, especially when they didn't know where they were going and they didn't know what God expected of them. And yet both of them accepted God's call and they put their trust in God. And therefore they became great role models of faith also for us. Well, the story continues. Peter and the rest of the apostles, they're overcome by sleep, just like Abraham was in the first reading. Well, that's symbolic of them not being in control, surrendering themselves. Well, we too have to do the same thing. We surrender ourselves in prayer at Mass, you know, when we live out our faith to the Lord. We don't necessarily know where God is leading us, but with trust, we have faith like Abraham to know that God is leading us in the right direction. Now, Peter, he sees Jesus with Moses and Elijah. Now he wants to build three tents. What does he really want to do? He wants to stay on top of that mountain. Peter, he's echoing the words of Adam and Eve. He wants to be in control. He doesn't want to leave that mountain, despite the fact that Jesus must come down that mountain and make his way to Jerusalem. That's where his destination lies. Well, Peter wants none of that. He wants to be in control and stay on that mountain forever. Well, we have to realize God is always leading us on a journey of faith. Abraham, he didn't build a tent to stay in control of his life. He trusted and had faith. He moved on his journey of faith. Well, people of faith, like us, we don't build tents. We don't try to seek to hold on to control of our lives. Instead, people of faith, like us, we trust and we have faith in God. And then we move and we act on that spiritual journey that God is calling us to be. One last thing to think about. Ask yourself this one simple question. Am I the same person I was last year? Two years ago? Five years ago? If we can say, yes, I am that same person I was last year and two years ago, well, then essentially we're in control. We have now pitched our tent and we are no longer journeying with God. But if we can say no, and we all can, no, I'm not the same person I was last year, two years ago, five years ago. I'm a little bit more charitable a little bit more forgiving and open-minded. I'm a little bit more kinder. That's great. That means you are now journeying with God. You are on that spiritual journey with God. You have listened to God call you and you've acted upon that. 
Just like Abraham, we don't set up tents. We don't stay where we are. We don't stay in control. We surrender to God like Abraham. And we have faith, coupled with great trust, that we will always be moving in the great spiritual direction by God, such that we will always grow in the virtuous life, which is what God wants for each and every one of us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.